Well, hello and welcome to the Relationships Are Underrated podcast. I'm your jovial host, Jonathan Asley, and my co-host, Trip Kramer, is off today. So this is going to be a little unusual for me, folks, because I'm doing a solo one. So I hope you bear with me because I'm just going off the cuff today on a topic that Tripp and I discussed. Uh, well, we discussed this quite a bit on occasion with respects to how to build a really healthy, happy relationship with your partner, how to really build that true friendship with a partner. And I say this because, and I'm sure you know this already, If you've asked anyone who's been married for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60 years like my parents were before my mother passed away, they were actually married 65 years and 11 months before my mother passed away. And actually, they knew each other 72 total years. Most every couple says the same thing. I married my best friend. I married my best friend. Now, I don't believe that means that they had a best friend and they married that person. I think what it means is the person I married became my best friend. And whether you're married or in a relationship, I think a healthy relationship should feel like you're with your best friend. Somebody is your confidant, that person that you can share almost everything with. Now, I say almost everything with because I don't think we should share everything with our partner. And yet at the same time, I do believe we should feel like we we can share everything, that we can be vulnerable, authentic, and transparent with our partner. Because ultimately, why are we choosing to be in relationship? What's the point? Now, I know for some people it might be for survival reasons. We choose a mate for basic survival needs. And for some people it might be to build a family with their partner. And for other people, it might just be casual in their relationship. I know many people have open relationships. At the end of the day, though, I think the common thread for most relationships, and I I hesitated to say all relationships. I said most relationships because, you know, there are certainly plenty of dysfunctional relationships out there. At the end of the day, what's the point? If you're not happy, if you don't feel good with your partner. And I know one thing growing up, and maybe you felt the same way too. I felt the best growing up when I hung out with my friends. I mean, certainly I played in the closet. (laughs) Played in the closet. That sounds funny. Sometimes I'd go inside my closet to play Spaceman. I had a whole setup in the closet where this was my rocket ship kind of thing. At the end of the day, after school, during school, It was to hang out with friends. As I got older, I couldn't wait for Friday nights to hang out with my friends. And we'd go to bar hopping and things like that. And then eventually, when I got married, it was with my partner and also to hang out with my friends. Why? Because your friends are the people that don't judge you. Hopefully, they don't judge you. Your friends are the people that are going to support you. Your friends are going to be there for you when you're down. So what does this have to do with social activities in a relationship? So folks, if you don't already know that I'm a dating relationship coach for women, Trip works with men. And one of the fundamentals I've learned into building a healthy, happy friendship with a partner is to do things together, is to do things together. That's why I say social activities, hobbies, mutual interest, and actually having that in your consciousness, whether you're in the early stage of dating, whether you're in a relationship, or whether you're in a seasoned relationship, 
is to make time for those things because they're critically important to building that friendship piece that I shared. I'm repeat that's critically important to build that for the friendship piece in the relationship. And I say critically important, I, I don't mean to sound dire here or whatnot, but at the end of the day, you know, many relationships oftentimes from what I've observed are very stale. This is why the notion of date night came out years ago to help kind of freshen up the relationship. And nothing freshens up a relationship like play, like doing things together. So I'm going to tell you a story of a couple different stories right now to illustrate this point. Well, first off, I should share about my parents since I mentioned it before. Growing up, I witnessed my parents... Well, I witnessed a lot of different things from my parents. I witnessed anger. I witnessed fights. I, I witnessed joy from my parents. And the one thing that stands out the most is that roughly, I want to say at age 12, I probably have the earliest memory of this when we lived in our home in Torrance, California. My father would come home from work. I'd say, Dad, let's go outside to play basketball. We play basketball a few, you know, about 20 minutes later, it was dinner time with my brother and I. Uh, my sister was already grown out of the house. And so it was my brother, my mother, my father and I, we'd have dinner. And then shortly after dinner, my brother and I'd go watch TV or go in our rooms and play. And my mother and father would go out in the backyard with a traditional backgammon game. And what I mean by traditional backgammon game, it's a game they brought from the old country. And what I mean by old country is my heritage is my both my parents are from Istanbul, Turkey. I was born and raised here in the United States, and they immigrated here. And one of the things they brought with them, uh, uh, this beautiful inlaid backgammon game. And they'd go out in the backyard and they'd start to play. Now, what was cute about my parents was they played a dollar a game, and when they played, you thought it was World War III. I mean, they the way they were just into it, and they're yelling and screaming at the dice. When they throw the dice, they, my father would flip the dice up in the air and yell at the dice, you know, whether he wanted double sixes or whatnot. It was interesting. My mother was actually a slightly better player than my father. She just knew all the right moves. She had an intuitiveness. Actually, on a side note, my mother was practically a professional gambler. I mean, she was the top bridge player at the retirement community they were in for 50, maybe 20 years. My mother would go to Vegas and, and play poker. And I mean, here's my mother was like 300 pounds from the old country, as I said, very unassuming. And she would be in a, you know, playing poker with some real sharks. And she would like, that's how I got my lunch money growing up. There was this place here in Los Angeles called Gardena card rooms that she would go to. And that's literally how I got my lunch money growing up. But I'm going on a side note, coming back to my parents playing backgammon. And they would do this for about an hour, and you, the laughter and the play and the enthusiasm over this, I mean, I could see it how it truly bonded the two of them together, this activity of play. So I want to fast forward to a story or a personal share to illustrate this point. I met this woman, I think it was through a dating app, and our first date, we met for drinks. She lived in Santa Monica. I lived just about 15 minutes south of that, or 15 miles south of that, or 12 miles. <laughs> I feel like I need to be precise. I need to be specific, according to my friend Trip. 
And so we had a nice time. And our second date, I picked her up at her home and we were going to go out for dinner. I got there rather early. So we had about 30 minutes to kill. And she pulls out a deck of cards and she says, do you like to play gin rummy? I said, I haven't played in years. She goes, okay, well, I'll teach you it again real quick. And she gave me a quick tutorial and we started to play. And as we began to play, we were getting very competitive with one another. I mean, I was like, and she was kicking my butt. Oh my God, she knew how to read the cards and everything. I think we played 10 games. I was lucky to win one. She brought the card deck with us to the restaurant. We ended up not going for dinner. We just ended up sitting at the bar and we ended up continuing the game. And we saw each other about six or seven or eight times over the course of about a month or so. And what really what happened was we developed a friendship. It wasn't a romantic relationship and not that I'm, it's not because of the card game, if you will. Every time we got together, we played, we played gin rummy. And I just enjoyed it and I enjoyed her friendship. And it was like, we'd bring a deck of cards wherever we went. And it was so much fun for me. Sometimes we went to a bar for like three or four hours. We'd have drinks and we played cards. And after we stopped seeing each other from a romantic perspective, I remember the first woman I went out on a date with shortly thereafter. And one of the questions I asked her was, do you play gin rummy? Because I wanted to play. It was just fun to play with someone. And interestingly enough, over the years, I've asked many women, do you play gin rummy? And that one friend I spoke of, this woman I spoke of, Samantha, Sam, we stayed and connected with each other over the years through Facebook. And every once in a while, we get together, watch a football game. Her son owns a bar, and we would play gin rummy while we're watching a football game together. So why is this so important to bring this up? Social activities, hobbies, mutual interest. I think of one of my dearest friends who was in a relationship with a woman, and she loved hiking. She loved hiking. And it used to be that every Saturday, they would go hiking together. And I... To this day, I still see the joy in his face when he shared how much he enjoyed that activity with her. Something as simple as hiking. And then with another friend of mine, he shares how much his passion is for museums. And his partner loves to go to museums because she's an artist. And they go to museums together. It's those moments. Oftentimes, I think couples get so caught up in the minutia of, of the relationship, and then there's this forced need for date night. And what I'm here to say, how about a forced, God, I don't even like saying it that way, a forced need for social activities, hobbies, mutual interests, games. I know another couple that always plays Cards of Humanity with a group of people. Game night. Like, imagine if we actually were intentional about doing these things together instead of living life kind of by rote, by mechanics, by just the repetition. Because ultimately, a happy relationship, I'm going to say, requires play. It requires fun. And I know many of you are probably thinking right now, well, I already know this, Jonathan. It's already obvious to me. And yet... I see so many relationships unhappy. Think about it. We have a terrible divorce rate here in the United States of 50% of first marriages, 65% of second marriages, and 75% of third marriages. What does that tell you? Couples really don't have an awareness of how to actually build a relationship together. 
I think it's because we unconsciously enter in a relationship with the fantasy that if we love each other, everything will magically work out, that all our problems will magically solve itself. Because magic fairy dust always solves problems. Let me repeat that. Magic fairy dust always solves problems. And what I mean to say is burying our head in the sand solves problems. Sweeping it under the rug solves problems. Well, let's get real. That's not the case. How do we solve problems? We're going to talk about the C word a lot on our podcast is communication. Communication requires speaking up. Speaking up. If something's bothering you, speaking up, not being... I work with women all the time, and they're afraid to speak up because they're afraid they're going to lose the guy. And when I wrote my book, What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway?, A Journey of Personal Development, Self-Help, and Spiritual Work, chapter one says, speak your truth, just do it with kindness. And chapter nine says, if it's sincere and from the heart... You can't say the wrong thing to the right person. So to the women listening to this, I want to encourage you to speak your truth when it comes to the relationship. And also to the men that are listening to this, because men have a habit of invalidating women's feelings, dismissing women's feelings, or deflecting a woman's feelings. Now, I'm not saying this is an absolute. By no means am I suggesting that. And yet there is a propensity for men to do that Because many of you men have a challenge leaning into feelings and actually being considerate of your partner. And so how are we going to turn this around? I think by seeing a relationship in the eyes of friendship. How would you treat a friend? So to the guys listening, when a dear male friend of you comes to you with a problem, do you dismiss the problem? Probably, now you might, listen, males have a habit of giving each other shit. That's no doubt about it. At the end of the day, you you lean into it. And for you women listening, I encourage you to lean into your voice because don't be afraid to lose a relationship when you speak up because that's where the enrichment comes from a relationship. It is through deep intimacy Into me you see. What that means is you see into my soul. You see into my heart. You see into who I am. You want to see into who I am. And emotional intimacy is what so many relationships are crying for these days. They're crying for a level of real connectivity with one another. In fact, I was listening to a podcast recently. said that during the pandemic, there was so much closeness and yet not enough intimacy between partners that we are now experiencing an intimacy famine. And intimacy is built, I believe, by the building blocks of friendship, by the building blocks of play and social activities and hobbies and mutual interests. And when I think of social activities, I also think of spending time with your friends, Spending time with your friends. Now, many of you are not going to know this reference I'm about to make. Some of you will. Listen, I'm at, the, I'm at the bottom end of the boomer, or the tail end of boomer, right at the Gen X cusp, if you will. And I, my mother and father, well, my growing up, there was a TV show called I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy, if anyone remembers it. Uh, Lucy, uh, Lucio Ball and Desi Arnaz. And the, um, they lived in an apartment complex in New York. 
And they had two neighbors, Fred and Ethel. And basically, each episode, Lucy and Ethel will get into some sort of drama, drama, or some sort of comical drama, I should say. And there was always some sort of resolution that had to come out of it. And it was very humorous. Why I'm bringing up this story is there was a level of real friendship between the couples, a real level of friendship. And that friendship bonded them together in a way to support the relationship, to support the relationship. You know, we we no longer live in tribes and villages anymore where we have our social circle, our family net to, to support the relationship. And I'm a believer that it's critically important to do those social activities with friends and family as well. So it builds the deep roots of trust needed that when a relationship hits some threshold barriers, it hits some bumps in the road, that it has a foundation to actually build upon one another. You know, as I'm sharing all this, I'm realizing I'm not my jovial sense. I'm in my, my, my teaching mode, so please forgive me. This is a little bit awkward. I don't have my partner trip to bounce off right now from my jovial sense. And yet my hope is that in this conversation that there's some real awakening to the value because many relationships do start off with social activities, hobbies, mutual interests, and then they seem to fade. Oftentimes, children make it a little bit more challenging to do this. I mean, the raising of children, maybe work pressures. Certainly, the pandemic made it difficult. And yet, at the same time, a simple deck of cards, a simple deck of playing a game of gin rummy can put a smile on your face, especially if you're competitive like me, if you, especially if you like to if you have this desire to win, and not from a, you know, this righteous place of winning, but there's, I think there's a natural desire to win at games that stems from our childhood. So bring out your little kid. You know, I, I see so many couples that they're so far in their adult mode, their analytical adult mode. And it seems like humans have forgotten to just play and be a little kid with one another. And what I love about Tripp and Megan is I witness the two of them. She's a dancer. And what is, well, Tripp's a dating coach, but that's his professional capacity. At the end of the day, what I love about the two of them is the way they laugh and play with one another. They do these social activities, these hobbies, these mutual interests together. Not that you have to do everything with your partner. Let me be clear. This is not about doing everything with your partner. This is really just about leaning into those things where you join together. Because even my mother and father, who were married for, as I shared with you, just shy of 66 years, they had their bridge together, they had their backgammon together, and also my mom did so many things without my dad, and my father did so many things. My father started the Turkish-Israeli foundation in here in Los Angeles. My mother had her gambling (laughs) addiction. Almost an addiction, but it was more of a passion for her. My mother had her sewing and her other things that she liked to do. So they each had their own individual things. And at the same time, they came together in this area of play. Because what is social activities, hobbies, mutual interests? And what is it? It's that desire to play, to be our little kid, to get out of our heads and into our hearts. 
Ooh, I like that. To get out of our heads and into our hearts. To get into that heart of that little kid inside of us that says, I want to play. So my hope is that this conversation has stimulated you to maybe if, go to your partner right now and say, let's go play a game together. Let's go out for a hike together. Let's go to a museum together. Let's go to the beach if we can, or let's go to the mountains and let's just go do something together. And if you feel inspired to do this by this podcast, I invite you to share at the bottom, write a comment saying, yes, Jonathan, we went out and played this weekend. I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear if it really did make a difference. Just sharing these thoughts right now, because I know we can so get caught up in our heads. And I invite you all to lean into your heart. Lean into your heart and love on yourself. All right. Well, I think that will be it for today. Listen, if you find value in our podcast, please go to Apple and iTunes and give us a five-star review. This lets us know that we're making a difference. This inspires us to want to do more. I certainly invite you to write in and let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about. And we'd love that you share this with your friends. Uh, We'd like to get relationships are underrated on the map, and we really would appreciate your support. So this is Jonathan Asley signing off on behalf of Trip Kramer, who's off today. And I hope you enjoyed this. And I'm going to send you off with all with a big, gigantic Jonathan bear hug of appreciation. Wishing you a super duper wonderful, fantastic day. Bye-bye now.